Welcome to the Lunch Beers Podcast, presented by the Podcast Room. Today we have myself, Nikki Q, and Eli in studio. On the agenda for today, we have office talk, courtesy of Elon Musk, how much we hate to love this Phillies team, Dan Snyder, possibly selling the team, and as always, beer and locks of the week. Here we go. Okay, guys, I did want to bring something up today um, that kind of involved uh, transitioning in leadership, right? So right now, my boss's boss, so my supervisor's manager, uh, is leaving, retiring. Uh, so we're getting something new, and that's going to essentially be in charge of the whole eastern PA side of essentially our division, um, so I was thinking, you know, something sort of transitioning or like new leadership, but then I thought the biggest, uh, sort of business transition or leadership transitioning going on right now, uh, would be Twitter, twitter.com, Elon Musk taking over. It's so hard not to talk about him. Right? I feel like it is because he's just doing – it's just comedy at this point, I feel like, for the everyday person. A lot of things he's doing you can just laugh at and be like, you know what? That's a really funny meme, Elon. Thanks for posting that. He's living our dream. I mean he's he's going at the people who run everything that you're not allowed to talk about. He's just opening the floodgates for people to speak like – the guy literally, he's the definition at this point of FU money. He took something that was involved with the government and just made it a toy. And he uses it to make fun of the government. And I mean, like, if you're a civilian, I don't care what side you're on. I don't care who you like. That, you you should be a fan of that. Like, that, dude, imagine he bought your company. I would love it. I would show up to work every day early and leave late. It would be so fun. I just think it's funny that... No matter who you are, you know, what your philosophy is, what side of the aisle you're on, you take a shot at him, he's going to take a shot right back. Mm-hmm. That is just so funny to me right now. And uh, getting a lot of entertainment off that, I must say. I'm, I'm seeing him argue with, like, Stephen King and um, AOC as of recent and uh, – so many other people. Who who else has he just been going back and forth everybody. with? Everybody. That's just everybody. Yeah. You you could be you could have eleven followers and he's going to answer you. I feel mm-hmm. like it's every blue check mark at this point. Which, by the way, are you guys going to get verified Absolutely. for eight dollars a month? Yeah. yeah, I'll just get one last frappa kappa lappuccino. Yeah, why not? I'm good. I was thinking about it, but I kind of want to stay unverified. Yeah, because I'm just like a bad boy like that. <laughs> you want to be that guy? Life on the edge. <laughs> Yeah, but that is really cool though. I, I do I do like that because I feel like, you know, all these blue check marks are just kind of crying about it when I feel like on Twitter the blue check marks are some of the worst spreaders of misinformation there possibly is on the app. Super spreaders. Brutal. Um just for example, I forgot her name. I'm sure I could find it, but uh when this whole Twitter takeover was happening did you see those guys standing outside of Twitter headquarters with just like boxes? Oh, and they yeah. were just like, yeah, I, I'm an engineer. 
Uh, I got a Tesla payment. I don't know how I'm going to make this payment. I just got fired though. Like Elon just came in and fired us all. And you know, these reporters, AKA a lot of these blue check Mark, you know, the brigade, uh, kind of just, you know, went crazy about this story. And, um, I think the guy said his name was something Ligma, like Alex Ligma. I think <laughs> we know where that goes. So this lady with a blue check mark is like reporting the story and saying how crazy this scene is right now. And then she then tweeted after, you know, these reports of essentially how it's just these guys fucking around. She then tweeted, there's confusion outside Twitter HQ. I'm not sure how this is happening. Uh, there's lies are spreading misinformation. I'm not sure if these people are like but she for ju- real or not, but she's the it. one that like reported on it and like tweeted about it. So she is wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, oh, you're going to blame the source, but you don't take the time to check <laughs> what you're actually doing. I said his last name was Ligma. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, goat. Absolute goat. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I had. I yeah. thought that was really funny. It's a huge project on his part, but um, I just started a project. Oh, um, what kind of project? A fun project? Yeah, fun project, but you know, it's my project, and I was thinking about it today where in some of the places that I've worked, you get your job description and whatnot, but they always put you in into like committees or groups to work on things to make the business better, and at the end of the day, I feel like it is very not pointless, but takes away a lot from the productivity of the business. So, Eli, you could chime in because you work in in this field, right? Uh, but I've always worked on teams where it was just very internal. That it wasn't part of like project management teams where the executives are developing systems and whatnot. It's just like a group of your coworkers. Um. So they'll like, oh, we're going to bless you with a a project and you're going to head it and you're going to meet with these people twice a week and then report to us and try to make a change and it'll look good for you and you'll maybe get promoted or it'll help you through your performance review. But every time I've been in a situation like that, for three weeks, everyone is so gung-ho. Ho. ho, And then... (laughs) um, it just dies and nothing comes out of it. And they reward you for like putting in the effort, but there's Dude. no oh execution. Yeah. No, that end part resonated yeah. so hard with Be- me because they, everyone's like, nah, I, I actually have to like work. Cause the hour out of my day is it, it, I can't get anything done and I'm getting judged on that. Yeah, there's nothing worse than a cancel project, dude. If I had a dollar for every time I like, like someone will bring something to you and they ask you to complete it and then. You know, it's right after the fact, and they and they want to cancel it. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of some like it is. It's, it's kind of like a college relationship. That's mm-hmm. just like a project. It's like <laughs> it's e- it either goes forever or it you're done in th- like three weeks. It's mm-hmm. like one bad bar trip. It's one bad meeting, one bad conversation. It's it's just a whole bunch of silliness for sure, a hundred percent. That's like corporate everything though. Yeah. So, um, gave me a lot of respect to project management teams who like actively do it and work more as internal consultants rather than just the hey guys let's uh let's better the department or the business unit and work together and we'll we'll give you a good review at the end of the year for your 2.3 percent raise yeah hot take 
Yeah, I got a hot take too. Kind of a question, really. Um, so I don't know if you guys have ever been in this situation. I absolutely have been many times. Really, everywhere I've ever worked. Like I, like the parties are cool, right? Like a corporate party. Like it's fun, right? Like you get to hang out with your coworkers. Like that's cool, I guess, at times. But like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have like a two o'clock, like two to five forced hangout on theme of holiday, or would you rather they just let you go home early? Like, what would you value more as an employee? Because that's what they're doing it for, right? Is for to make their employees happy. They want to have you want to have fun, and there's no alcohol at this party, so I'm gonna put that disclaimer in there. Yeah, I'm running out that door. Let me go home. Yeah, I'd rather sit at a bar by myself where the entire room openly judges me for being alone than be at a corporate party. Don't, I feel don't, like the Don't only, judge going to bars alone, though. Oh, no, I'm not. Great experience. <clears throat> the room is. Mm-hmm. I feel like the only corporate party that should happen every year is, like, the office holiday party. But it should be somewhere. Like, it can't be at the office, right? You got to rent a venue, go somewhere, do something cool. That should be the only... Like corporate office party of the year, you know, around November, December. (laughs) But don't give me this party for every single holiday under the sun. Like, I'm good off a Halloween party. I'm good off a St. Patrick's Day party. I'm good off of a Valentine's Day party. Just miss me with all that bullshit. And like Eli said, I'd much rather leave and go home. Yeah, let us go celebrate with who we want to celebrate with. It still feels like work, though. Like, like yeah, you're there. Yeah, pro- you're just talking pro- to coworkers about work. Productive socializing. Because if you gave your true personality, like you can go home and just be, I don't know, a crackhead in your spare time. Ooh, nothing, crack. nothing against crackheads. But if you, hey, we're pro crackheads. If, if you let, <laughs> if you let your true personality come out, that's very against work or just wouldn't be like acceptable in that work situation like how you would be bullshitting with your friends uh they're gonna remember that and it's like then they judge you like if you're the sloppy drunk at the party you're the man (laughs) everyone's gonna look at you like that like oh they're sloppy and and it translates over into your day-to-day like they're never gonna forget that so you still have to like be super professional and Watch what you say, and it's it feels like more work. Make your mark. That's what I say. Be remembered. <laughs> you know why? Because so. we don't say it these jobs from the year anyway. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take this. Up. If I had this beer that we're drinking right now that we opened maybe two minutes early, I would be the sloppy drunk at the party because this beer is phenomenal. You know what though? There's there's nothing wrong with being the sloppy drunk at the party. I respect that person because someone has to do it. <laughs> Um, Vienna Lager is what we're drinking right now. Brewed in the USA, Devil's Backbone Brewing Company. A mild, toasted, and caramel note lager. Uh, what's it? Ooh, 5.2%. That's actually going to increase my rating because this, I mean, that's pretty high for what this tastes like. Um, yeah, this is good. Ooh, four Great American Beer Festival medals. I've been there. That's pretty cool. Two World Beer Cup awards. That's also awesome. World Cup. We'll get to that soon. Yeah. We'll put beer go. in the middle. Oh, a little teaser. I like it. Uh, where is this from? Where is... Oh, Lexington, Virginia. Nice. I hear the Virginia areas are getting really good with uh, wineries and breweries. And the elderly. 
And yeah, that too. Um, this is this is really good. We had this is a switch up though, and a very pleasant switch up because we haven't done a lager in in a very long time, and I like it a lot. What do you guys think? Fantastic. Uh, so spice beers really turn me off, but this is very. Uh, it's more you mild know. though. Yeah, the the caramel, the those flavors are are more presentable, and I'm not just getting like. The sp- I don't I don't know how to explain the like spice. Getting punched in the throat by a pine cone. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> like, that's exactly it. Like, I feel that. Um, there's a little bit of sweetness and uh, kind of syrupy bit to yeah, it. Yeah, that so. that's what makes me like this a lot is the sweetness and kind of mm-hmm. that. This may be a hot take. I don't know. This is how I judge beer flavors. Okay, I'm going to put everything in a bucket. I know how I want the style beer to taste. And like one like this, where the the flavor kind of just rounds off the aftertaste, perfect. Like the caramel note part, right? It you get get a hint of it. It smooths out the aftertaste, but the whole first taste is lager. Mm-hmm. Like you're tasting lager. Like that is how a beer flavor should hit. Right on my mouth, in my mouth, around my mouth. <laughs> lager taste. Ejaculate in the mouth. Well. If that's how they make it, I mean, it's it is a good beer. It's a good beer. Yeah, no, it really is. I think drinkability is up there too. I mean, this time of year especially. I mean, talking about holiday parties, I could crush these continuously at an office holiday. I could party. lose my job with these at all. Yeah, office I mean, five point two percent, man. Like, it feels like I've only taken like three sips of this beer, but I'm halfway done. I haven't yeah, even like realized it. I kind of slugged um, this by accident. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> beers where you just slug it by accident. That's the perfect way to to, to put it. What's your rate? Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go with a seven point six. Seven point six. Really, really good beer. That's solid. Okay. Okay. Um, wow, this is hard. Yeah, she didn't say that. <laughs> this is very hard. Uh, I I really like this, and I'm a huge fan of of caramel. Is it caramel or caramel? Yeah. Oh, you said that weird the second time. We're just gonna Car- say. Yeah. I feel like it's either caramel or caramel. Yeah. We don't know what these these Twitter bots are are censoring now, man. Don't. <laughs> I'm gonna give this a seven flat. Okay, I like it. All right, seven point six seven flat. I'm putting on my Jared shoes right now. I'm all about this. I I can picture myself drinking this in a lot of scenarios very comfortably. So last week was one of my highest ratings ever with an 8.7, and I just feel the need to beat it. So I'm going an 8.8. We're giving it to 88, dude. Sheesh. I know. That's a very high rating for me, but like we said, man, it's just it's great. And I yeah. love loggers. Shout love out that. Yingling. Love that. Something we also love, sports. Mm. Uh, going on to the World Series, the most important sporting event on at this very moment. The Phillies, uh, coming off a game where they just absolutely mashed Lance McCullers. Um, five home runs by five different players, all five home runs coming off of, uh, off speed pitches. Uh, a lot of people are saying he was tipping his pitches. Did you guys see anything, uh, anything like that? Dude, the uh, the Twitter feeds, you know, Twitter knows all. We yeah. we keep going back to Twitter, but the the way he was picking up his front leg, it was noticeably higher on off speed. Now, it's that's not a one size fits all, of course. But if you're only, you know how these guys are. These guys are professionals, dude. If you get Bryce Harper 
one teeny tiny advantage on you, like you are going to regret it. You're going to see that beautiful flowing hair just trotting around you like a unicorn after he just absolutely smashed the ball out of the entire stadium. Like it's unbelievable, but people were kind of like saying that they thought that's what he was saying when he was talking to his teammates and every one of them he talked to was hitting home runs. So, I mean, you got to give it some type of merit. If they're tipping them off by accident, you're just a bozo in the World Series. It's just that simple. Yeah. Uh, damn. I hate how much this Phillies team. Are we talking about this? Are we going to address it? Yeah, I'll address it. Okay. So this Phillies team is so much fun to root for. Uh, they're obviously going against the Astros, who everyone hates. Um, I mean, it's like a match made in heaven. The the players on the Phillies, Kyle Schwarber, uh, just an absolute dude. Like, talking about a guy being a dude, that's Kyle Schwarber. He's just a dude amongst men. Um, and he's extremely fun to watch and just a true leader of that clubhouse. And, yeah, all of them hitting home runs. I mean, Bryce Harper, I saw this thing where Bryce Harper was referenced in an article on the New York Times when he was 14 years old about how, uh, you know, these kids shouldn't have like unrealistic dreams made his MLB debut at 19 and is in the world series at 30. Like that's just fucking what dreams are made of. That's why you don't listen to the media. That's just what (laughs) dreams are made of, man. And I, and Hey, I'm, I'm more of the younger generation in baseball. I love the fun. I love the flair, make baseball fun again. Bryce Harper has been one of the faces of that movement. And I'm all about that. Uh, he's extremely fun to watch. I love everything about his game. Um, and yeah, this Phillies team and dancing on my own, like that, having that as their song, it's just, it's just extremely fun and enjoyable. And I hate how much I love this Phillies team. Look, this is this. I'm bringing in a hot opinion right now. This is a very hot opinion. I know you guys agree with it. But like Frank said, Philadelphia, as much as I hate it, is fun to root for. They are enjoyable to be on their side, right? We are never on their side. We are Yankees. We are Giants. We are Washington. But at the end of the day, there are those little spots. And I would even I would root Phillies over Red Sox, too. Oh, so, yeah. I don't even know if that's that, off the top of my head that's it's not, a if it's level. possible, but the the thing is, like that fan base is so down, and I respect them for how down they are. Like, uh, dude, Nick, like Nick makes fun of me for the Phillies all of the time, and I love it. But the fact that I can actually root with him for once is it's a good time, and you know the fan base is down. And, dude, when Bryce Harper's punching him out, I mean, dude, Schwarber's punching him out. Like, how can you not get fired up? Like, how can you not get fired up knowing that whole city is not going to be vertical tomorrow? <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like, you know, if Houston loses this, the city of Houston and their fans will be okay. If if the Phillies lose this World Series, the city of Philadelphia and their fans will not be okay. And I, I, I'm a sucker for a good fan base, a strong fan base, a fan base that ride or dies their team no matter what. I'm a sucker for that. And, uh, that's what Philly has. So, uh, another sporting event that starts with world, 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 beer cup, world, world, world cup. cup, cup, the world cup's coming up. Who would have thunk it this year? I'm so excited for this. Isn't it, it, it usually it, in the summer? Uh, no. 
Not necessarily. Are you sure? It, I I feel like it it depends on the it's four depends year, on the time of year where they're playing. It, it's it's four probably. years out. Like I mean the the last place that they were at, um, I completely forget. But they were having issues with like building the stadiums and 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 whatnot. Wait, uh, last place they were at wasn't it France? I think I think it was Russia. Oh, it might have been Russia, yeah, because yeah, France won the last World mm-hmm. Cup, right? But they're every four years, and I feel like that's why it's so exciting because it's the it's the only real global event that goes on. So even if you don't like soccer or football, um, I'm a yeah, huge fan. Yeah, look, okay, look, I just saw it. So due to Qatar's, or Cater, however you say it. You were right. <laughs> I think, no, I think they, in, in Cater, they pronounce it Cater. Um, I don't know, though. Due to Qatar's intense summer heat, this World Cup will be held from late November to mm. mid-December, making it the first tournament not to be held in May, June, or July, and to take place in the northern autumn. Yeah, you were right. Fun fact. I looked up the World Cup locations. It says 2026, USA, Mexico, and Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fire me up. Yeah, me <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, North, definitely North going. Mm-hmm, yep. I want to yeah. make that a huge point to like Airbnb. All of that shit. And yeah, take the, take the and month bees. off. Yeah, me and my brother already talked about it. We're definitely going to some games um, around the country. I think that'd be really cool. It's us. We're his brother. <laughs> yeah, but but, uh, but yeah, the World Cup though. USA's in it. They didn't qualify cool. last last time, right? Um, yeah, they weren't in the last World Cup. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they got knocked out. It, it, and that's the that's the best thing. It's every four years, so you're you're not looking at the same faces all the time. You're not getting super teams. You're not. It, it's very randomized. And we all played soccer at four, five, six years old, right? Seventeen, eighteen, twenty. <laughs> yeah, I, I played for a long time. So did Eli. So it's great to like enjoy this. But as I said, the globalness of this, where you can really all come together and be like, we're the best country. You know, it's it's the new it's, world it's war, like the baby. Only, <laughs> it's like the only place that you can, like, rep, like, flags and stuff anymore yeah. without losing your job. Yeah. If you really, really <laughs> think about it. Who do you think is going to win the World Cup? Just off the top of your head. USA, baby. Come yeah. on, man. Really? Yeah. I feel like Russia already has this one down. Russia, dude. I can't <laughs> root for Russia for anything right now. I'm going to go... I, um. Where's Zlatan playing? Do you remember? Zlatan? Zlatan? I think he's done, dude. He's gone. Yeah, I don't think yeah, he's, he's never done. He's not playing. I think he's like anymore. a bench guy. All right, USA. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of backing for USA this year. I'm seeing like a lot of commercials. Uh, if I Well, you're in America, so I'd imagine. <laughs> if I truthfully had to pick, um, I believe France won the last one, but I think that... Uh, England actually has like really, Bro, what the a hell? really good pull on this one. Who? England. T and Crimpets. Come yeah. on, twenty one Savage. They're in USA's group. <laughs> I I know. I'm gonna root for USA. Uh, He's just gonna bet on and, England and Italy. But I think I think <laughs> yeah. England has a lot of young players because I, I roughly keep up with not. Bro, not did 1776 not teach you anything? Well, uh, we will have 1776 on November. 25th. Oh, USA I versus like that. England. The modern day revolution. Hell yeah, man. Uh, I'll just touch on a couple like big games that might come up and then we can move on. Um, so we are going to have, excuse me, Mexico and Poland. That'll be a really nice one. Uh, Germany, Japan. Great game. Uh, we then have Switzerland and Cameroon. Portugal and Ghana will be very interesting. Uh, USA and England. 
so those are the first like four or five days. You can go check it out online anywhere. But that's November 20th to the 25th. Those are pretty highlights. And don't pretty bet cool. on France because Pogba and Conte yeah. aren't playing. Oh, France and Denmark. That's going to be crazy. No Pogba, though. Yeah, true. No Pogba. And it was Conte. Mm-hmm. He's not playing either. And they're two of the you know top 50 They are in the, the world. guys. Mo Salah's not playing either, which is crazy. I might not know a lot about soccer, but I know a couple things about soccer here and there. I dabble. It kind of sucks, though, because I feel like if there's any games going on on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, I mean, Shocked. me personally, they like, yeah, I'm not I'm watching, watching that. Them. Yeah, but um, but okay. Workday? Yeah. Fire me up. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, 100%, <laughs> dude. During the week, anything else, any other time, I'm in. Um, the biggest news of today. We're back. From the NFL, We're the so almighty. Back. Dan Snyder. Put him in jail. Has inquired. I hate him. About selling. The Washington football team, or sorry, the Washington Commanders. The, was- the, the, the Washington football <laughs> attempt to scorers. We are Commanders, dude. Dude, we are brutal. <laughs> that's what we are. I mean, we're at five hundred, but it's it's through trials and tribulations. But at the end of the day, dude, I would happily lose the rest of the season if it was a guaranteed that Dan Snyder sold the team. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. I'd make if I were you, I'd definitely make that. Uh... What else just came out trade. on them for an investigation? Because we brought up the ticket scandal a couple months ago on here. But Fan now- refunds, you know, 2,000 season ticket holders, apparently some type of refund dispute. Imagine you're a billionaire and you're looking at, like, pocket change from the people who are, like, openly saying, I will give you money day in and day out every week, and you're still pulling every dollar you can out of them. Dude, put Dan Snyder in jail. Like, the guy's got a heated driveway and shuts down major areas so he can go through them seamlessly. Like, people like that just are not good for humanity or society, Mm -hmm. let alone El Comendores. So it's like, can you just get this guy out of ownership? Like, for the love of God, stop making me look at his saggy, gravity-losing face every time that we go four and, what, 14, dude, every other season, five and 319. We can never win anything because Dan Snyder's saggy self can't win a fantasy football league, let alone control an NFL organization without, dude, and the guys should be in jail. Like, let's be real. Look at what's against him. It's absurd. Yeah, I feel like uh, the news didn't just uh, accidentally accidentally coincide with each other, right? So the report earlier today came out that they're inquiring about selling the team. And then uh, later after that, all of a sudden, the U.S. attorney, the FBI, whoever is looking into actual criminal uh, allegations made against the, the Washington football organization and and their financial, you know, improperties or, or whatever it may be. I don't think that's just a coincidence. I think this is something that, you know, he obviously knew was coming. Um, and he, he just weird. sucks, man. I, at this point, like, you just feel bad for, you know, a, a fan base Eli. like the, the commanders yeah, and <laughs> Eli and how just shitty their owner is, man. Like, it just sucks. It really does, especially, you know, week in, week out, season in, season out. Like, he's just a shitty dude and, like, does not deserve to be the owner of an NFL franchise. The last piece I want to touch on, the I, so I turned 29 this weekend. I am old fart, man. Don't invite me past 7 p.m. anywhere. But 
I've never been happy as a football fan. <laughs> like, just think about that. It. It's almost three decades. The only time I had any joy was RG3's one year until Shanahanigans absolutely annihilated him as a human being. But I will say, dude, RG3, I tweeted him today. He said that he wants to buy minority stake in Washington and take 10 fans along for the ride. I tweeted him I would wear his jersey every day for 11 years. I already own it, right? <laughs> I don't wear it, but I own it. That's what I'm going to do, wear it when he's commentating. But, like, now let me ask you a question, right? Obviously, we are the dumpster fire of the NFC East, but you two, being in a relatively good position in the NFC East, the NFC Beast, the best division in football, how, how are you feeling division-wise, New York-wise? Like, where's for, the head at? For the Giants, um, I've... Our our schedule is very, it's not easy, because uh, we're not like a god tiered team. But it it does show a lot of potential to come out with like, you know, maybe a first place run. Do I think we're a playoff team? No, I think we're missing a couple key components on offense. Very obviously, uh, great progress, and I think this kind of we kind of built the foundation on how to proceed, especially with the cap issues and items like that. So as long as they can work out their cap, uh, their salary caps, and then be able to buy good players and not drop $70 million on someone who plays one game and makes three catches for one yard each, uh, I think we're, we're on the uptick for the next three years. Yeah, so um, if you want to know my thoughts about the trade deadline, check out my blog on Lunch Beers pod.com um so check that out but i do think the nfc beast is back baby uh best winning percentage of a division through the first eight weeks in nfl history boom that's history i'm talking about washington's involved (laughs) right now washington is uh is not even a game out of the playoffs uh right now san fran is is in over a tie-breaking scenario uh, but they're right there. They're 400 or 400. They're 500 at four and four. It would be sick if the first time in NFL history, all four teams from one division made the playoffs. When have we ever agreed? Dude, <laughs> oh. I said that to somebody at work. I was like, dude, you're an Eagles fan, but like, that'd be the coolest let's thing just ever. Be the best division <laughs> ever. It's that simple, dude. That would be the coolest thing ever. Obviously, right now, the cream de la creme, uh, is the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC? They're seven and zero. They play the Texans tomorrow night, right? Is it the Texans? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, that's probably going to be a win. Um, so oh, Derrick Henry just did to him. Yeah. So um, they're 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 on top of the NFC, but the Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants are currently in the playoff picture. And like I said. Uh, the commanders are right there. They're just uh, out of it right now because of a tiebreaker between the 49ers. Um, so it would be sick. It would be history. Uh, best division of football, baby. We're so back. We're so, so back. So back, dude. Dan Snyder selling the team. We're so back. Chase Young returned to practice today. We are bad, <laughs> dude. We're back and we're firing. We just got our best player back. Yeah. We're firing. Okay. Um Moving on, fantasy football. Oh, yeah. Eli, you want to take it away? Yeah, so I kind of wanted to – it's going to be a two-piece. I'll give my update, of course, but I, I'm more concerned this week. It's the trade deadline. I want to know what you guys think. Who gained the most value and lost the most value in fantasy after the trade deadline? Like, what what are your thoughts? 
there, we saw some like remedial kind of almost tedious trades, but we also saw some pretty crazy ones. And like you can include, you know, like Christian McCaffrey. Like this doesn't have to be just the last like two, three days, right? Okay. Um, I think someone who got their career probably shot uh, was Robbie Anderson. Um, I picked him up thinking he'd be a great replacement for Hollywood, who turned out to be like one of the top wide receivers in all of fantasy for uh, a hot minute there and got injured. And then Robbie Anderson came in uh, the pretty much the same week that he got injured, and he's he's not translating into the team at all. Uh, someone who was getting a little bit of points but had some pretty hot seasons, I feel like it's just going to be down in the dumps as a veteran guy who they'll throw in if there's more injuries. So I think he was definitely one of the one of the worst trades that went out there. So okay. not, not much translated there. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Okay. So nothing I got, happened. I got two. Um, Eli, you brought up one earlier. Chase Chase Claypool. I immediately made a trade for him in, in the Beers League, actually, with Jared. Uh, I think it, both, it it worked out on both ends. I traded away Gus Edwards, and Jared traded me Chase Claypool. Disclaimer, Jared is a Ravens fan. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. But one paid I, in joy, one paid in equity. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're looking for running back depth, obviously Gus Edwards is going to be there as long as he stays healthy. Um, I just think Chase Claypool is going to, you know – be that guy for Justin Fields. I don't think he's going to get a lot of targets necessarily in passing yards um, because I think they're going to focus on running the ball, especially design plays for Justin Fields. But in the red zone, Chase Claypool is going to be a big target. Uh, so that's one that I think benefited his value tremendously just from that automatic uh, you know, red zone targets that I think he's going to get. Um, and then another one is just Naheem Hines, man, to the Bills. Uh, pass catching running back. He's extremely quick, fast, shifty, can catch the ball really well. I think the Bills traded away Zach Moss in a pick for him. Round six, 2024 conditional. Yeah. So, so, I mean, the, the Bills really didn't trade away much. They, they kept Devin Singletary, who's obviously going to, you know, be their more ground and pound guy, but just Naheem Hines. With the potential of Josh Allen throwing to him, like, sheesh. Uh, that's my take, at least. Those two guys uh, were my biggest thoughts. Yeah, so there's a lot to dive into. Um, just to keep it short, because we could really go for hours, I really like Jeff Wilson going to Miami with Chase Edmonds leaving Miami, going to Denver. I think Denver, once again, is running back by committee, but they just are adding players. So I really kind of like Jeff Wilson's value. On top of that, I agree with you, Chase Claypool. And I also really like TJ Hawkinson. Dude, TJ Hawkinson is a really, really, really sturdy tight end. It's just that simple. I'm not going to go too deep. Kirk Cousins loves a bailout. Look at the guy. Justin Jefferson, we talked about earlier, he's three total touchdowns, and one of them's a rushing. But, like, Kirk Cousins can't stay calm long enough for Jefferson to get 15 yards out. It's just Kirk Cousins, and Kirk does as Kirk is. But, um... As far as, uh, I don't really like hate anybody's value change. I mean, you can make the argument Zach Moss, he's going to go back up Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, but no one's looking at him really in fantasy anyway. Uh, so I don't really want to touch too, too bad on any like downside. Nick hit one with Robbie Anderson, but 
The only other person I do kind of want to shout out, and I'm sorry if this touches a little a tough point here, but dude, Kadarius Tony, I don't know if he's faking it in New York or. But, oh, he was, yeah. So, dude, I mean, Pat Mahomes is going to make any wide receiver better. Like we're all aware of that, and you saw Kadarius Tony what played it in Florida, dude. The guy was the guy was a beast. I mean, the guy he's small and he can't take a hit, but man, dude, he's fast. And you saw when Tyreek Hill, not comparing the two, but. Pat Mahomes loves those speedsters, and that man can get you that ball. It does not matter where you are. So kind of winded, didn't really give a lot of downside outside Zach Moss, but a lot of plays that are really like this uh, this trade-off. And and lastly, if you want to go way back, Broncos country, let's ride. Oh, God, dude. I don't want to go anywhere where uh, Russell Wilson we, is flying because he trains on the plane. We don't have to get into it, but yeah, we okay. are not. B- biggest upset. All right, Eli, hit us with that uh, lunch beers update before we go into our locks. Yes, sir. So we had a we had a good we had a good week. We had a good week this week. Um, it wasn't a good week for me. Two point conversion took me out of my off week. I didn't have Pat Mahomes, and I got sad. But Troy put up buck forty. You know, you gotta you gotta feel for the guy being a Packers fan at the trade de- the trade deadline, and he's not doing anything. So I'll give him the win. Two pickets to paradise lost to Jared, 107.1 to 107.6. What a sweat. Less than a point. Fryer me up, formerly known as Tony Gawk, beat out uh, your boy Juice by 17. Tyler and Nick in the toilet bowl, 93 to 79. Not ideal, but Nick, you squeaked it out, and a win's a win, 5 and 3. Fade Costa, Sags, taking out uh, Frank with a respectable buck 30, but Costa had a buck 65. Fade Costa, not Jared. He wouldn't do that with this team. And unfortunately, lastly, Kyle Kalinowski, dude, 196.86. I've never seen that. Someone donate that man three points so he can hit 200. Took out Connor 103 by almost 100 points, man, dude. Big week, a lot of big scores, which we haven't seen this year. So you love to see it. Okay, boom. Locks of the week. Uh, Cardinals fell through for you, boy. But this week, I kind of hate it because I know it's going to become super public. But there's no way this Ravens team does not uh, beat the Saints by three or more points. Therefore, my lock, Ravens, minus two and a half. Alrighty. Um, doing terrible for the pod uh, locks for whatever reason. But I swear I'm profiting on my own. does not make sense. Uh so I have two this week. I'm going to take the Chiefs' first half spread at minus six and a half. It's minus one thirty-two uh, instead of taking like the fourteen that's currently up on the line for the overall. And then the Eagles' first quarter winner uh, on the three-way bet. So that's if you could choose uh, the Eagles, Texans, or a draw at the end of the f- first quarter. Uh, so you'll find minus one eighty-two odds there. If you just do money line on the Eagles first quarter, it's like minus three fifty. So get some value there. Yeah, so I got myself and Jared because he's not in the studio today. So I got Pats minus five and a half. I'm coming in at five hundred. Shout out Washington. Uh Sam Ellinger road debut against Belichick. I'm gonna take I'll take my chances. You know what I mean? Like that's just one of those angles that you just gotta ride with the vet against the new guy. Um so I'm I'm running with that. And Jared's got two here. He's got Saints money line. And then he made fun of us for losing last week. And then he has Chargers minus three at Atlanta, uh, minus 117 on Barstool. So pretty good value there. Um, yeah, but that's all we got on this side of the table. All right. Great episode, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening in. Check us out all socials at Lunch Beers Pod. And then check us out on the website. Frank's got a new blog up, www.lunchbeerspodcast.com. 
Sportsgrid.com. See you next week.